0: Looking for the latest perspectives to help simplify changing market conditions? Go to Nationwide, one of America's largest financial services companies. Nationwide Investment Services Corporation. FINRA member. Columbus, Ohio. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Apollo Global Management posting a record in 2023 for private credit. The firm reporting more profit last year than the previous decade. Jim Zelter of Apollo joins us now for more. Jim, it's good to see you. You with us for the hour. Good morning to you. Good to see you too. Always welcome. I appreciate the uh, the invite. Well, thank you for coming on. Let's talk about these earnings, well received by this market. What's underpinning these trends for you?
1: Well, I think it's a repeat of the secular trends we've been talking about over the last several years. Um, you know, certainly. We have a business and an industry that gets better every day, um, as there are more and more retirees and savers looking to uh, think about retirement, retirement income on our annuity business. At the same time, you've got an evolving banking system, which I'm, ta- I'm sure we're talking about, where lots of companies are looking for a variety of capital solutions. We have the broadest toolbox. But as an industry, it's it's a secular change, and we're, we've been fortunate to be right in the middle of it. But you're right. We had a business last year that hit on all cylinders, all parts of our business were able to uh, first and foremost great investor performance. Uh, assets and asset gathering follows performance, and we did so on a very strong risk-adjusted basis. You went there early,
0: so we'll go there early. <laughs> what this means for the banks, there is a sentiment out there. You know how this is portrayed in the media. Sure. It goes something like this: Apollo's killing it; the banks are struggling. It's at their loss is your win, your gain. Yeah. Is yeah, that yeah.
1: how it works for you? Well, the reality is, th- this is a brutally competitive business, and it has been for the 39 years I've been in a business. If whether it's you're whether you're in the banking side or the asset management side, or in be, anywhere in between, you know, the competition for uh, market share for for assets is always brutally competitive. But certainly, it's a it's a great narrative right now. The reality is, there's much more of a symbiotic relationship um, that exists, and we're a major counterparty of all the large U.S. institutions, and even globally in Japan and and Europe as well, so it's not, certainly on any one transaction, uh, a a buyout financing, whether it's going to go to the broadly syndicated market or it's going to go to private credit, these are all, they're competitive within our industry and they're competitive within the banks. That's never going to change. Um, but the reality is, <clears throat> the financing that takes place, the, the counterparty financing that we get from the large institutions, really critical to our business. We provide them a lot of financing fees and opportunities across our equity and debt businesses. So there's a narrative that sells papers, and then there's the reality, and it's somewhere in between. This is like in high school when there are two friends and they're kind of always talking about each other behind their backs, but they're really polite to each other because they kind of operate in the same circles. I'm just saying. Morgan Stanley frenemies a little bit. I mean, the idea is Morgan Stanley bolstering its private credit portfolio to $50 billion in the medium term. Goldman Sachs reportedly aiming to double the size of its $110 billion credit business. They want to fight back. Don't you kind of feel that? Yeah. Again, we're in a a really competitive industry with the smartest, most determined minds in the globe, in the U.S., in Europe. The reality is, in the end of the day, it gets about your business model how you fund your business, and the client product that you're bringing to solutions. So there's no doubt, I mean, there's no doubt that there's going to be firms that are going to start private credit businesses, but again, let's take a step back as I've talked to you many times in New York and in London. Private credit is broader than just the sponsor buyout business. It's a a great headline product, it's a great headline tool, but the reality is that's a trillion five market. The reality is private capital, private credit is a $40 trillion opportunity. And that's where when we see what we're doing in terms of aircraft finance and solar finance and a variety of trade and inventory finance, that's where we have a really competitive toolbox because of the structure of our liabilities, the duration of those liabilities, and the cost of capital. What we've really done at Apollo the last 10, 12 years has really brought our cost of capital down dramatically. If you're just in the PE business, your cost of capital is mid to high 20%. If you're in the mezz or Distress business, it's in the teens. When you have an annuity business, and the reality is, in this higher rate environment, more people like to buy you annuities. Annuities had a record volume last year. That just brings in a lot of long duration, lower cost capital. So our ability to be very relevant to any client or borrower is a, it's really a defining characteristic. How much has the money that you're talking about, which is coming from different sources than traditionally, uh, basically been the reason why we haven't seen the credit cycle that so many people were expecting? Well, I think it's a very interesting question. I think what's going on right now, and I, I know you had Torsten here yesterday, is you know last year you had the equity markets up 20-something percent, broadly speaking, and at the end of the year, you had defaults uh, going approaching almost 5%. That's a pretty unique characteristic. Usually when you see defaults rising like that, you have a declining economy. The strength of this economy has befuddled economists and all your guests for the decade. And if you look at where all the dot plots have been, even when those folks who have all the information have missed this. Now, I think once we all say that, you know, there's not going to be a cycle, I I, I do think you are seeing some signs. Of a hardening of economic conditions that are finally coming up we 'll see it in the next few weeks. I think the Fed's made the right choice. I think they I, I talked several months ago here about the Fed put us back. They put themselves in a really interesting position right now, yeah. where they can mute vol- volatility with having a lot of bullets left in that in that gun. But I do think there's a modern economy that 's going on right now the depth and breadth has, has surprised economists and guests across the board, and it 's a much more resilient economy the u s economy is the is the bulwark of the Western world right now. It really is.
0: economy's strong, and I think you told us before Christmas, basically the Federal Reserve has the space now because of lower inflation to respond to negative shocks. What I'm trying to work out, though, of the issuance that we've seen so far, yeah. and this is more in public markets where Lisa and I have been talking about this boom in supply to start this year and this flood of demand. Is that because the economy's strong, or are we just anticipating lower rates this year? Which one is it?
1: I think it's a combination of in you know the the US consumer has prepared themselves very well for a higher rate environment. Corporate balance sheets have prepared themselves very well for a balance sheet. And when people see financing opportunities, they know now that like don't wait around for perfection. And I think that's been a good lesson. You know, don't let don't let perfect get in the enemy of progress. And I think there's been a very, very thoughtful, there's no doubt there is when people see what's going on where rates were supposed to be going, there has been a rush and there's a there is a risk on on trade right now in virtually every asset class. The market has priced per, to perfection in virtually every asset class, and that means it's a good time to issue. I'll tell you, for us, we typically underperform in periods like this. We have a lot of cash on the balance sheet at Athene right now. We're very low levered. We put ourselves in a position, if there are bo- pockets of volatility, we're going to be well positioned. But that's how we prudently, That's when we have a macro view, that's how we express it.
0: It's a classic approach. You want to
1: be the liquidity provider in time to stress. It makes perfect yeah, I, I, sense. I, yeah, and I think, I think the, the story that really has not been spent a lot more time on this issue of market structure, the rise of passive, the lack of companies' ability to really do, the, the equity market is, uh, and the equity IPO market has, is fundamentally challenged. Um, and I know SPACs were not the answer, but the, real, the, the in, in, in our view that this market structure issue has been going on for several years, it's going on for a decade, and the advent of passive in scale now more than 50%, I, I think that's going to have profound implications on how companies raise capital going forward.
0: We've got time to work through that, through the act, because luckily you're going to stay with us. You mentioned credit stress. In fact, that's my word. I can't remember the word you used precisely, but I do want to ask you about that. Are you seeing pockets of stress right now? NYCB, commercial real estate, we talked about it for the best part of five minutes, market moves on. What are you seeing?
1: I think you are seeing in a very broad growing economy with massive fundamental strength, you're seeing some situations where companies either poor business plan or way too much debt and have not maybe recovered from the, uh, the COVID crisis. You're seeing that a little bit more in the corporate world. In the U.S., the U.S. consumer, we, we are, the average uh, mortgage is 3.8%. We've not seen the pain that's been seen in the U.K. and Germany. That's really protective. So you're, you're seeing some signs of challenge and weakness, but there's been a, a cre- tremendous amount of private equity activity and financing activity the last five to seven years. So the fact that you're going to have some stray challenges around the edges interesting. Um, I don't think it's a macro telltale sign of things changing, but there are challenges out there, no doubt. Jim, it's great to have
0: you with us. Jim Zeltzer of Apollo SM Management. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you
1: hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just a show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars.
0: They are like really close to the edge of like Everything falling apart, like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain.
1: Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire.
0: It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon, Inc.
1: From Bloomberg Business Week. this is Elon, Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.